Hey, Zoe. Wake up, woman! The article has landed. New York's next political power couple. <laughs> Two top political consulting firms have said that I can pretty much write my own ticket. I cannot wait to introduce you to my family. They're gonna love you. Thanks for picking up that poppy dot for my little niece. My sister says she can't stop talking about it. I can't believe I forgot. It says Colossal Toys has one left. We did it. Hey, what are you doing? That was mine. I put my name on the box, figuring I could just come back for it later, you know? Well, your name is on it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, Santa. Did you lie to that little girl? You don't even know me to judge me. You're right. Looks like I don't know you at all anymore. Dad, Grandma, this is Jillian. Hello, Jillian. I hope you're hungry. I made something special for you. Has George told you about it? Oh, yes, the toxic stew. Family tradition and torture all in one bowl. <laughs> she is a riot. I just picked this up last week at a charity auction for the Audubon Society. What do you think? It's bad. It should be named why cocktails should be banned at charity auctions. I don't know what it is. I think I've been cursed by Santa. Suddenly I can't lie. He looks pretty darn good on this cover as well, doesn't he? Where do you think he got that from? It's obvious that it comes from you, Mr. Bowman. <laughs> $24,000 in veneers didn't hurt, though. A little Botox between the brows. Oh, a little Botox, too. Jillian even found a, a picture of my wedding dress, just to see what you think. I can't lie. She was an A's bride. Oh, my God. Get out of there. Go. I mean, since Jillian's being so honest, we, we aren't actually married. What? Hello there, gentle listeners. Now, some of you might might catch that uh, introduction reference as a sign that I once again have a guest joining me. Uh, I, I feel like I should have staged this whole, every time I have a guest, I should have staged it as, well, what? There's a knock at the door. Who could that be? Oh, my God. And we could be wearing Christmas sweaters. Exactly. And you open in and you're just like, oh, hey, I was in the neighborhood and thought I'd drop by. What are you doing? Talking about a Christmas movie. Which one? Is it one I've seen? Yes. Well, perfect then. But I didn't do like, that. Like a good old-fashioned Andy Cohen Christmas or whoever. <laughs> that and a bunch. There was a RuPaul one last night. Did you watch it? No, I heard that it was meh. It was meh. Was it it meh? was very meh. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it was cute to see everybody, not everybody, but about eight drag queens dressed like Christmas gifts. That was cute, but it really wasn't anything special. Okay. Um, I'm glad I missed it. Unlike the movie we're going to talk about. Oh, first of all, unlike oh, yeah. my special guest star, who I should announce, it is none other a voice you might recognize because he's been with us a few times. He is our most regular special guest star, Ooh. our most special regular special guest star, none other than Jason Fozzie Bear Nelson. How are oh, you? I'm Fozzie? so good. I'm so happy to be here talking about this movie. I'm so happy to have you here talking about this movie. Tell everybody what the movie is. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's liar, liar. What is it called? It's, um, the it's truth called about liar, Christmas. liar, Christmas. Yes, it's a. It's basic. It's the truth about Christmas, right? The truth about Christmas. Called? It is a yes. free form original, and now I'm so excited because, as you know, as I've mentioned a lot, I really try to spread it out so I don't just do Hallmark because I think it's really interesting to see how the other networks have tried to also, you know, kind of butt into the genre. 
and Freeform, formerly ABC Family Channel. Back in yeah. its days of ABC Family, it used to do a lot of these movies. Um, Holidays in Handcuffs, the infamous uh, Melissa Joan Hart, Mario Lopez movie, was, <laughs> was an ABC Family movie. Um, snow Globe, the movie where Christina Milian gets stuck in a snow globe world. Uh, I think Snow, I think they did a bunch of movies called Snow. There was like five of them. So like Freeform slash ABC Family. Oh, 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 oh. And The Twelve Dates of Christmas, the movie that we oh, all agree was like one. the one genuinely good movie that, aside from that transcended the Christmas movie aspect of itself. So, I cried. Yeah. I love that movie. I, I, I remember you and Christine both had like sobbed watching it. Yeah. Who so, was that? Monica Potter? Is no, Monica Potter? Uh, Amy Smart. Who? Amy Smart, yes. Who I always confuse with every other actress, except because of that movie, I now remember her. Well, and I always think that she's that girl that got kidnapped by that reverend, but that's some other smart girl. girl. Remember that? By the reverend? He was like a he was like a religious guy. This is an awful story to tell oh her at goodness. Christmas, but he was an old <laughs> religious pervert, and he kidnapped this little girl and like. like oh, Jessica like, Smart. Jessica Smart. Okay. Uh, yes. No, I, th- I thought you meant like there the was well. another like teen idol actress that got kidnapped by a reverend. I'm like, how did I miss this in the 90s? <laughs> Not that I know of. Um, so Freeform kind of took like last, the last couple of years off, it seems like. And I don't know if they just, uh, you know, at the time, and Freeform puts out a lot of original series. They, I mean, Freeform is the home of Pretty Little Liars, which Pretty Little Liars started on Freeform when it was ABC Family. And I always assumed it changing its name to Freeform might have been in part because of Pretty Little Liars, which was its big I, hit. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't was, call it a family channel if you're, you know, you're doing a show about a girl sleeping with her teacher and that being okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's good to have them back in the game. I'm going to say that. And they've made a few this year. And I don't know how much they produce it because the right away, the, the thing I noticed about this movie was this is another Mar Vista production. Yeah. Uh, which is great because Mar Vista is a very cheap production company that makes either wonderfully terrible films or terribly wonderful films. Uh, we'll see where this one falls. But uh, it's so we I wanted to do Freeform and you were looking at which movies I suggested to you that sounded appealing and you went with this one. Yeah, I wanted a little Christmas magic. I don't just want yep. like yeah, I wanted Let's something like town. a little fantasy. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was happy with this choice. Not not to give too much away, but I'm glad that I chose this one. It I'm now I'm going to say the same. I put this on the roster because again I've been very selective about my roster movies this year, and I put it on there because it was freeform, and I really wanted to see how freeform was going to do it this year, and because it was kind of high concept. And then I remembered halfway through this movie, oh, last year I did a liar liar movie too because there was a Hallmark movie with Alicia Witt. I don't even remember the name of it because it was essentially the same movie as this. Um, but spoiler alert for me too, I this movie grew on me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, it, I it's a slow start, but I I teared up too. Yeah, it got me. And I will say, first of all, like, so when it began, like, you know, I think we're all in this mindset of because of the room and because of movies that are like purposefully bad or just delightfully bad that we're kind of watching these movies to be like make fun of them. But like I was 15 minutes into this and I hadn't found a real flaw yet. Like the acting Hmm. wasn't perfect and like the sets weren't great, but I'm like, this is just kind of a low budget movie, but it's good. It's not ridiculous by any means at the beginning. Sure. Like it gets, gets a little ridiculous here and there, but for the most part, it's a decently made movie. I was really proud of them. Yeah. The director is Jake Harris, who has done a lot of TV. I mean, he is a working director. He knows probably how to film something very quickly. 
And for me, it was a little the reverse. At the beginning of it, I was kind of like, okay, here's a kind of crappy Marvista movie. Wasn't feeling the actress that much. Once they introduced um, the sort of magical gimmick, I was like, oh, okay, where's this? You know, I, I like where it comes from, but I wasn't so into some of the interaction. Some of the slapstick felt a little forced. It felt like I was yeah. watching every movie. But it was around the halfway point where characters started talking to each other like human beings. Right. Where Good I realized, point. oh, wow, like this this main character is an actual person and they have written her as a person. And in hindsight, it makes the first half of the movie make more sense because yep. you learn that she has actually put on a front for the last 10 years of her life. Yeah. And she what, what there was that scene where she he she said, oh, you ate the rest of my bagel or whatever. And she's like, no, it's no big deal. Later we find out. Oh, yeah, that's it's a, a big, big fucking deal. deal. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's go through the plot of the movie. Let's let's do that okay. before we tackle the trope. So uh, our main character is named Jillian and she is like a what would you call it? What, what, what's her job? She's a fixer. Like she it reminded me a lot of Scandal, but she's like a mm. political uh, aide or the person yeah. who is the hand, the hand of the, the, the hand of it? the politician. The yes. Yeah. The and, hand of the councilman. Yes. And her boyfriend, who's this very, you know, kind of beautifully cut, perfect, handsome politician guy is about to announce that he's running for mayor. And right. so she's handling his campaign. She's like on top of everything. And he's going to take her to Connecticut to meet Connecticut. I think it's Connecticut, right? Yeah. Uh, sure. To meet his very wealthy conservative family. So she's a little nervous about that. Uh, along the way, she has to go buy a gift for his niece, and the gift is a poppy dot. Poppy dot. Uh, describe the, the, the poppy dot, Jason. It's a ball, an electrical, so it's a little plastic ball that has electric stuff inside, and it talks to you, and it lights up. Beyond that, I don't know exactly what it does. No, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's like Alexa in ball form, right? I get, but does it hook up to anything? They've ever connected it to Wi-Fi. I don't know if there's Bluetooth. I don't, but I feel it's, like it was supposed to talk to you and know your name and maybe more like a Chucky thing in Baltimore. I form. guess so. Because like at one point it did say want to watch a movie, but I'm like, wait, do you show movies? Right, like how or do, do, you, do you how do you talk to the VCR that isn't smart? How does this work? <laughs> right. So I it, didn't totally understand it. No, I didn't either. But so the it's not like BB-8. It, it's a little yeah, BB-8 it sort. Of. So it's the big hot toy of the season. Uh, the only way she's able to buy it, there's one left in the store, and she basically ends up, like, conning a little girl out of it. Well, and let's say, too, she had she told her boyfriend that she had already bought it. Yeah, she so, forgot to buy it, and she lied and said that she already bought it, so she had to get one right. for his Jillian, niece. Um, the, you know, the movie uh, presents her problem as that she is a liar. And it's right. not that she's a liar. It's just, like, she's first of all, she works in politics, so it's all about um, stretching the truth and spinning everything. And so, yeah, yeah, she makes promises um, without having thought them through. But, I mean, ultimately she delivers, right? She says, I got the gift, and then she fucking gets the gift. Like, I think she's actually pretty good at her her lying, and I don't see it really hurting anybody. That's what Scandal would do. Exactly. Uh, So, however, when she gets this poppy dot, there is a Santa Claus in the store. Whether it's the poppy dot or Santa, it's never really established. Never clear. Somehow, she gets cursed with liar liarness, liar liarism, yes. whatever whatever that syndrome is called. Liar liaritis. Liar liaritis. Uh, so what happens is, after that, she can't tell a lie. So she meets the family, and the first thing she says is uh, some well, insulting that, thing, right? About the grandma's stew. Yes. How everybody in the family hates the stew. Right, and she can't not say this. And, of course, you're thinking, oh, my God, this is so – like, imagine meeting your partner's parents for the first time, and you can't lie. 
So when they say, oh, what do you see in my son? And you're like, I love having sex with him. Like, you, yep. you know, oh, no, I can't I can't not say these things. Um, so at first it's getting rough, but but fairly quickly it kind of turns positive, right? Because then it kind of opens up the family to um, honesty a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, Everybody starts revealing things about themselves, which, come to think of it, is actually very similar to what happens in holiday in, Holidays and Handcuffs. Uh, really? I yeah. didn't see that one. Who was that? It's M- Melissa Joan Hart and oh, uh, Mario Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's... I, it, I l- I really like that scene at the dinner table when everybody decides to be honest. It's or cute. the breakfast it, table. It's really cute because and it's funny. Like this movie, that was around the time where I'm like, oh, this this is actually kind of funny. This is you know because again the characters had personality outside of just being oh here is the brother character here is the sister in law character like no they had their own thing going and it was amusing and even yeah, the fact it, that like their daughter was kind of a bitch was amusing was. like it, it it gave the movie a pop which. Having watched, you know, like Hallmark's A Christmas at the Palace, where the movie had no personality whatsoever, you know, watching something like this, where you realize, oh, no, the actors are bringing something here. It's nice. Well, and there was one little part where the brother-in-law that it turns out wasn't married to the daughter, you know, that they yep. said they got a loaf, but they never actually did. He is outside and he was like, why are you out here without a coat? It's cold as f- heck mm-hmm. and you you could tell that he wanted to swear but he's like oh i have to put on a front with this family so it was yep. showing that everybody is never themselves where when they're around this family i thought that was really cute and subtle yeah and it's that. a nice kind of in a way like on a broader theme when the holidays are so much about like oh i have to go see my family or my partner's family and with that comes all of you know we we can't talk about politics or i can't bring up the fact that i'm i'm living with my boyfriend or all those things in a way, like, it's kind of something that is really applicable to a lot of people. So there's something, like, I don't know, thematically rich about this, you know, kind of cheaply made little Christmas movie that I Yeah, that I we've dug. all been there. Uh, so now, the other big conflict is that, um, you know, Jillian has to do a lot of political stuff with her boyfriend, but she's afraid to do it now because she knows she can't lie. Right, and, and they're announcing on Christmas, and this happens Christmas yes. Eve. And her big, you know, they have this big prospective political donor who's going to be really helpful, but she knows something about him, which is that he's a terrible person and has all these scandals in his past and everything. And she knows if she goes to this event, she's going to say it and she doesn't want to. So instead, she hangs out with the brother-in-law. And you're thinking like, oh, wait a minute, we have like a while you were sleeping situation where really she's meant to be with the brother-in-law. Or Family Stone where they're going to like switch or something. Mm, Yeah. And it gets like this was this was also where this movie like ended up winning for me because yeah. it's so clear that like oh obviously she's meant to be with him and not you know the kind of the stiff upper lip older brother because these two have chemistry and like we find out a little more about her um and we see that he's also a really good person but spoiler alert she doesn't end up with anybody at the end yeah i love that that was amazing I- to me mm-hmm. It reminded me, I remember watching Waiting to Exhale with my mom years ago, and we rented it from like Blockbuster and watched the the VC, uh, watched the cassette, and at the end of it, my mom was really upset, she was, because, I mean, this says so much about like my mom in the Midwest and like people oh, of that age, yeah. but she was like, wow, um, I don't remember which one, one of them ended up not with anybody in the movie, and my mom was like, wow, so only those three were happy, she didn't end up happy oh in that God. movie. Yeah. I know, I was like, well, that, that being with somebody doesn't actually right. Right. equate happiness it's because, all what's uh, funny about the way you say that is it's so 
indicative of the target audience that Hallmark goes for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Hallmark is making these movies for somebody like your mom, where right. they are aiming it primarily at middle... That, that's why Candace Cameron Bure is the face of Hallmark. They're aiming it at that sort of conservative... I mean, your mom wasn't overly conservative, but that no, but... kind of framework of a, of a woman, I guess. Yeah, well, people of that age, I mean, like, it's very, you know, they were been brainwashed by fairy tales for so long sure. that, like, a happy ending is getting a man. It that requires is how you, a Prince in, Charming for it to be a happy ending, yeah. Yeah, that's how you wrote into a happy story, and I like that. I, I was a little unclear. I hope, I read it as she was not with him, but she was still working with him at the end that's of how, it. That's totally I that how true. I read it, yeah. Okay, So, good. towards the end of the movie, and I mean, uh, we spoil all these movies, but again, but, right. but in fairness, this is one, normally I always say that with a grain of, you know exactly how this movie is going to go, in this case, it doesn't actually. It has surprises along the way, and the ending is the big one. So the boyfriend proposes to her at the end, and she says no, and it's not – and it's purely – and it's, like, such a great scene because she basically says, like, I realized you, you – I'm not me with you. You, you don't yeah. know me. We're not really compatible. Um but she still ends up being his manager because we've also established that he's a good guy too. He says no to this political donation. So it's this nice, like you don't have to be a villain. Like you don't have to have a breakup with a person because they're a villain. Right. Right. Sometimes people just aren't meant for each other. And that doesn't mean, Oh, it's because there's somebody better right next to him. Cause the movie does not show at the end that she is with the brother character at all. Right. Like, it seems as though, like, oh, they had chemistry, it should happen. But no, like, for all we know at the end, she is single, but she is still working with her ex-boyfriend, who they respect each other. And like, wow, how about that for a Christmas movie? Yeah, it was really progressive. I loved that. I was super happy with it. It, it, Refreshing, very refreshing. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, I I like that George, her, her boyfriend, wasn't painted as a villain. They so could have easily gone that way, where she had just fallen into this, like, life of lying all the time and putting up with his lies, and he was awful and she was going to confront him. Like, no, he's not that bad of a guy. Like, he's in politics, just like her, spinning things and little mistruths here and there. Um, But he's still a fairly decent guy. Nobody was really the villain in this. No. And it also, I think, really had ideas and you know kind of depth to Jillian as a character because ultimately it wasn't anybody's fault as to why she lied and did this and she kind of realizes that at a certain point which is you know I haven't been you know I grew up a certain way I grew up scrappy and hardworking, and I would put on plays and I did comedy with my friend and I loved being wacky and then you know the um and I mean this is all just done in dialogue when she tells us and my mom ended up marrying this really rich guy, and I got sent to boarding school, and suddenly I realized I had to live my life differently. And and that's been the last 10 years of her life or something, and she has this great moment where she realizes, you know what, that's, you know, I'm, I have not been me for a really long time, and I need to not give in to what I'm ex- what, what's expected of me, and instead I'm going to do stand-up comedy at a karaoke bar. Which was amazing because, so again, this movie doesn't do easy. It doesn't do what you expect, I guess. It takes left turns. Didn't you so expect her just to get up there and sing amazingly? Like when she was going up, I was like, oh my God, she's going to do all I want for Christmas. Oh good, no, she can't do that because it's only non Yeah, no, that's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, but she's going to sing something amazing and it turns out she's an amazing singer and then she's going to go and she's going to be a singer instead of a political advisor. That's exactly where I thought this movie was going to go. Um, but no, she got up and did a f- fairly funny stand-up routine yeah. that I would have appreciated. And that was really where I saw watching, and I'm like, "Oh, this this woman can act 
Because prior to that, I even had in my notes at one point, like, you know, this movie thinks this actress is better at physical comedy than she is. Yes. Because it felt like this this woman who's gorgeous, and that's often, I mean, that's always true of the leads in these movies, but usually like, okay, they cast a really pretty face, and, you know, she's just getting through this, you know, week of filming, trying to trying to stay pretty kind of thing. Yeah. And it's and they at do that the, moment, um... Yeah. Well, they do. They, you've said it before. They do the Bella Swan uh, fall yep. downs oh, yes. to, to add a little quirky comedy, and it's never good. No, it's no. like Sandra. What was that movie with Sandra Bullock where she's trying to date some hot guy and she's just a weirdo? I don't remember the name of it, but you know she oh, was yeah, just falling. That movie is just her falling down randomly, yes. and I think they think falling down is funnier than it is. Yes, yes. Or it's that, and that it makes you a little. It makes you identify with the lead somehow. Because you're like, oh, she's so gorgeous, but she falls, so therefore she's flawed like me. But when she does that stand-up comedy is really when you see a few things. You see that this this actress has depth, Mm -hmm. that she has really good comic instincts. Because it's, I mean, you've done stand-up comedy. Right. It can't be easy. (laughs) It's not. That's why I don't do it anymore. And (laughs) acting to do stand-up comedy is also probably a really tricky thing to do. I immediately went and looked at her IMDb profile, and I was like, is she a stand-up? Is that where they found this woman? I was curious, yeah. Because she even has a voice. When you work in this comedy, you realize, like, you interact with the comedians, like, when you're not on stage. And then they go up on stage, and almost 90% have a completely different voice and cadence. You have to adapt a character. And she did that. She totally did. She talked completely differently than she normally did. And it was a little more country. And a little, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's her stage persona. Even if she wasn't a comedian, she gets that that's what you do. Well, it also made sense with her character, though, that she was living in this kind of political upper class sphere where she was going to talk a little differently but then when she's standing on stage at an open mic night in a dive bar you know she like either she knows to change it or that's when she kind of taps back into you know here's how i talk when i'm not on right and i think that's what was happening i liked it yeah yeah i know she was i think the lead in the 50 shades of black i think Right? The yes, 50 Shades yes. of Grey parody, which now I kind of want to see. Oh, and you know who else she was? I In her IMDb profile, like, the one thing that stood out for me is she is, oh, God, I don't remember the character's name. It's, like, Harmony or Essence or something. In um, Bridesmaids, she's the one that, like, when uh, Kristen Wiig is working at the, the jewelry store, she's, yes. like, the, the manager is, like, give us longing, be, you know, for beauty or whatever. And she's the one who works there who poses and kind of looks nice. off in the distance. Nice. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kristen Wiig is trying to impersonate her. That yes. is her. Yeah, Callie Hawk is her name. and she's, Yeah, she was great. Yeah, I mean, she apparently can hold a movie, which, I mean, good for her. It's nice to discover that. Yeah. Um, and you know who else had uh, was, I think, a little better? I don't know. If, I don't want to say better than this movie. I think he's actually, he was the best one in the movie, is the brother. Yeah, the brother he's was great, good. right? Yeah. He, he, charming and perfect younger, like, younger brother who, like, doesn't want to fall into the political system. Uh, but he, they didn't take it to the nth degree where he was, like, super hippie or super rebellious. He was just like, all right, you do your politics thing. I'm going to go to the bar and, like, do some fundraising. Very natural, too, of an, as, as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. He he had, like, a very 
pleasing, relaxing presence. Mm-hmm. And I always admire somebody like like that who is just natural on screen. Yes. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I love Sarah Jessica Parker on in Sex and the City okay. specifically. And other things. I think she's just a natural actress. Even yep. no matter what she's doing, she just seems like I'm just saying these words. Yep. And I always say I, I that about that. Joe Swanberg and uh, Mark Duplass. Same school. For oh me. yeah. They just yeah. they're no matter what they're on camera, and I'm like. Yeah, I, I I believe you on camera. I don't know what it is. Yeah. There's there is something like when you, they talk about having it, I guess. Like yeah. that when the camera loves you and it's it's not that like you're you look better on screen. It's just there is something about some people that have a very natural ability on camera where you're comfortable watching them. And it's yeah. why some people who might not be good actors uh, work very well as movie stars because you right. that you want to watch them on screen. There is something weirdly pleasing about them. So, and that was this guy, Ali yeah, Gander is his name. Ali Gander. Ali Gander. I wouldn't think that would be his name, but that is. <laughs> well, well, you know, we can't all be perfect. Yeah. Right. Um. All right. So let's dive into our tropes and see if it hits everything. Okay. So the first is our lead in need of a lesson, which obviously, oh, obviously, we have here. Uh, so Jillian needs to learn not to lie, right? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, she does do one thing that I think is very helpful, which is that she teaches us. Um, I always say, like, you can learn occasionally watching these movies. Like, you get some tips. Like, they're making cookies, and they'll give you, like, some re- – because, I mean, most of these movies are about a baker at some point. <laughs> and they course. give you some kind of baking advice where you're like, oh, wow, that's actually good advice. I'm going to write that one down. Or um, I think it was Christmas at Graceland had, like, a couple of – one of the characters was like a crafty graphic designer and she was like talking about how to make a snow globe. And you're like, Oh, that's really good advice. I'm going to write that down. Right. Um, so Jillian's advice is, Hey, if you want to save time in the morning, go to sleep in full makeup. Oh God. I said, I said the same thing to right? Eddie. Right. This when woman wakes up. Trellis. Yes. And I mean, every, and it's not just like, Oh, I went to bed with um, some eyeliner on and it like dipped down to my bottom eyelid. So it's okay. It just looks like I'm wearing a lot of makeup today. Smoky eye. Like no, perfect smoky eye. Eight, eight, you know, 8am in the morning, right out of yeah. bed. Her hair she is looking cr- bouncy. Climbing down the trellis. She still had the like, like the dewy corners and the corners of her eye. Yeah. Everything was damn perfect. Perfection. When she over, when she, and, you know, one thing I do have to say before we get into too many tropes is this family. I think it's funny that they, what ABC or what is this Freeform, Freeform thinks a wealthy family is because they think that a wealthy family like wears business suits and gowns to, to breakfast. breakfast. Every day. Yes. <laughs> when they had their breakfast meal, everybody was wearing like a cocktail dress, and, like business suits. Everybody looked lovely. They really did. And it, and it was weird that she had on a cashmere sweater and jeans. So that, Right, and she that was being, supposed to stand out. Oh, you're you're not fit for the breakfast table. <laughs> right. People are like, how much did that sweater cost? It I looks know. real cashmere. Yeah, it's real cashmere. Yeah, uh, goats had to die for that. Right, right. Thousands. Yes. So I thought that was ridiculous. But but kind of wonderful. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number two is our ble- oh number two is our setting. So we do start in the big bad city, right? Uh, <laughs> Obviously, Manhattan. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say that was totally Man- Manhattan? Where? Oh, where... I can't tell you how many Miss Twiggy Winkle stores I walk by every oh, day. <laughs> that was one of the stores they walk by when they're trying to find the the, the the toy store. I'm like, what the hell is a Miss Twiggy Winkles? What do they <laughs> sell there? <laughs> and where do they have so much space and real estate in New York? Oh, right, With big parking lots out front. 
Yeah, I see, like, I, I, it's it's a kind of adorably not new. And at the very beginning, when they announced like mayor race and stuff, I'm like, this kind of has to be New York the way they're talking about it. But it, it's like not New York, right? They're not even trying to make this New York. Oh no, they're making it New York. Yeah, a hundred percent. And her friend, who I assume, assume is that's another trope we'll get to in a oh, second. Yeah, we will. But her friend is uh, an eyebrow threader. Like that's her job. She threads eyebrows, and she has an amazing apartment. <laughs> Looks like on the Upper West Side. I mean, I guess you could be like eyebrow threader to the stars, right? Possibly. Like, I mean, it, it's because eyebrow threading, it's its usually like 15 bucks to do. It's not, it's not a lucrative profession, but maybe right. she's like a designer, elite eyebrow threadress yeah. or whatever it is. J-Law doesn't just look like that when exactly. she wakes up. Somebody exactly. has to do it. All right, I'll allow it. All right, number three is our bland love interest. And I, what I love what this movie does is it gives us one, but then it really does flip it on its side because it says, right. yes, he is a blind love interest and you shouldn't be into him. Yeah, but and that guy, George, the, the guy who played George, is like he's born to be in these type of movies. Yes. Yeah. Like he's just blandly handsome enough. To, I was really to, surprised because I don't think he really has a lot of these credits. Um, no, I looked him up too, and I recognize yeah. him. He's been on a lot of stuff that I did watch. He's been in some uh, Lifetime movies where he's played probably like the handsome killer kind of thing. Right? But yeah, he looks. And, like, I mean, he should be on Hallmark shortlist, and I don't think he's been in any others. Yeah, and well, it, it was a little strange. I'm like, wait, how did this white family have a Latino son? Not going to dig too deep into it. Oh, he but was he Latino. Obviously, he looked it, didn't he? I mean, no, well, I thought he was just like tall, dark, handsome. Oh, maybe. But there's no way I this oh god I'm I always get a little too aggressive when I come on these shows but there's no way those parents could produce that son. <laughs> I'm not saying there's they there were no features that were similar in any way whatsoever and there's no way that dad was a handsome strapping man when he was younger. Well, Sorry. We don't know that he was the dad. I mean it didn't oh. come up but it's a political family. We know how these things go. Ooh, interesting. Right, I like the bodyguard. We didn't see a bodyguard, but in my, I'm just making this total like fantasy off this movie now. And there, the mother totally had sex with the bodyguard. I bet there was secret service around the corner in every oh, yeah. scene. We yes. never saw them. Good. Yes. I like this. Okay, good. We're, good, good. we're, we're back on track. Uh, number four, a montage. We did have. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, delivering gifts. Yep, and that's kind of where I teared up. That whole oh, bit. It was sweet. Yeah. Because it was a nice, that. like, just... And then afterwards, when the brother kind of explains, like, you know, because the brother is just kind of running this sort of um, charity, like, Christmas giveaway thing. And then she asked him, like, so why do you do this? Like, how'd this come about? And he has this really, like, nice story about basically realizing he was privileged and had a moment when he saw somebody that really needed help and thought, oh, I, c- I could do this. And it doesn't, you know, I this is something good for humanity and it was just nice yeah. yeah well and i'll tell you eddie i had eddie watch this with me that's my husband we, and he hates these movies and he said the only way he would do it is if we could get drunk when we did it <laughs> so we were he had a big glass of wine on ice classy and i had um a coffee just filled with amaretto uh disarono amaretto nice. and so we were pounding those as we were watching it so i might have been a little drunk by this point but i was on tears when he was telling the story it was yeah. really sweet to me and it got me maybe if i had been sober it wouldn't have been as bad but that part was really sweet and i appreciated it yeah i'm with you uh dead parents uh we did not have which well is are her shock. parents around no um i mean she does you know what in hindsight she does say you know her mom remarried or got a boyfriend who was really wealthy and that's when her life changed so we can assume she has a dead father yeah um and- 
she never reached out. It's Christmas and there's no mention there's of no her, mention like of her a conflict. Whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So like, perhaps, oh. perhaps we yeah. can hope her, her, her mother and father. Her <laughs> Come dad. on, dead parents. Just, just for this. Uh, so number six is sure enough, our sassy sidekick. Oh yes, she was. She was very a, sassy. She had green a, eyeliner. Yes. Again, a role you were born to play. Like oh, she was going to be the sassy sidekick forever. Yep. I love uh, th- these type of movies where everything, you know, every home is just like out of a catalog and like, there's no yes. style or substance to anybody's home. And hers was definitely like that. It was just like a model home that she allegedly lived in. in New and York. when, uh, yeah. And when, uh, uh, Jillian called her at one time is, you know, she overslept until nine and then she was freaking, Jillian was freaking out and she immediately called her friend. What was her name? Zoe. Zoe. Zo- Zoe. She immediately called Zoe and it showed Zoe and it's 9am in New York city on a, on Christmas Eve. And she is fully dressed, sipping a tea, you know, a cup of tea on her sofa, has With her all hair her all dead already. Yep, exactly. Like As just to do. get, get up, shower, completely get dressed, put all your makeup on and then sit and drink just, your tea. Just to sit waiting for that call. <laughs> I yep. also um, like that Zoe is really big into pushing tequila on everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's just constantly like, well, take, a, take a shot. I hear like everything. That. Yeah. That's a sassy sidekick if I've ever seen one. Completely. Uh, number eight is slapstick. They tried. I mean, there was the climbing down the trellis. Oh, yes. Um, and there were times when she so fell. So much I trellis climbing. I mean, well, the first time she did it in that dress, I thought was really funny. She has her shoes off and it's a nice dress and she's kind of struggling, missing steps. I thought that was cute. And of course, they obeyed the rule of three. She had to do it three times oh, through yes. the movie yep, yep. to avoid people. So I thought that worked. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it it felt forced in the beginning. But as this movie grew on me, so did many of those kinds of choices. So, yep. Uh, sage old person. Number nine. We um, didn't grandma. Really, like that was the shame was you. I was so excited when they introduced grandma because I'm like, oh, great. Good. There's our old person. Keep a watch on her. She's going to be sage and give wisdom. And I don't know that she ever did. Did she? Well, when they were in the truck, I believe, didn't she say something about people should be more truthful and like not tell as many lies and like, well, let's just be honest with each other. Uh, or was that at the table? I felt like yeah, I'm not sure. she said something about like families being more honest with each other when she was talking about her stew. Yeah, perhaps. We'll, we'll say yeah. yes again. Yep. Just like the I'll dead parents. It. Yeah. Why not? Uh, and last, uh, Santa Claus. Oh, boy, how do yeah. you there, There's even a Santa bar. <laughs> like the there is. There friend. was like a Santa Con moment. <laughs> yes. Which, for those that now, everybody outside of New York and probably other major cities at this point probably is like, oh, wow, drunk bar Santa. How, how cool. No, right? No. Uh, we are recording this on Santa Con. Is it Santa today Con today? Is, I didn't even realize that. Santa oh, thank Con. God. Thank God. Because yeah. next, next Saturday I have to go out. And most New Yorkers know not to go out on SantaCon. Yeah. I remember when I lived in the city, I feared that day. It's it, just it, the worst. Cause it's... it's like the purge, only yeah. <laughs> Imagine the purge with everybody dressed in Santa costumes. Yeah, it's and just horrible. throwing up everywhere. It's it's just a bunch of like frat boy type men dressing like Santa Claus and <sighs> drinking till they puke on, in it's, public property. It's so much. And like I am this now but it's so many bridge and tunnel folk coming into the yeah. city just to ruin it Ugh, yeah no it is no it's... nobody in manhattan likes santa con it's nope. all people coming from elsewhere to take part yeah um but but in this movie we do have the real santa claus who true spends for whatever reason and again this is a rule of every movie about santa claus ever made is 
it's kind of the same idea of like when somebody it, you know says like thank you Jesus for something very specific and you're like yes yes it was very kind of Jesus to um stop what he was doing with I don't know maybe saving like a village from a flood or saving a child from cancer in order to make sure that you caught your train on time or whatever it is right right? yeah and so in this case it is like this very like santa spares a you know maybe a a, probably for some valuable christmas time to um possess this poppy dot thing that's going to teach jillian a lesson but time doesn't exist the same way for Santa as it does for you and me. It's more of a Jeremy Baramy type uh, timeline yes, for yes, Santa. Yes, yes. Yeah. That is going to be the excuse now for anything when time travel doesn't make sense. Jeremy Baramy. Jeremy for those who don't know what we're talking about, you need to watch The Good Place. I, I feel like everybody watches it now, and if they don't, they've probably been bullied so much that now they're like, oh, I'm not going to watch it because everybody keeps telling me to. Well, we're telling uh, it to you also, so watch it. Yeah, so, me with like a... Uh, what is that show? Bad edu- No, bad drugs. What's it called? Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh yeah, that. It, yeah, I, I can see that for you. For I you, no, never. you should not watch Breaking Bad. Yep. It'll you'll just be angry at it that it's not the good place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we are up to the bonus round. I'm sorry. Can we can we step back a second? So the Santa sightings. It was a little confusing in this movie too because somehow they had to find a fake Santa and Santa would take over. Yeah. It was almost like, um, Oh man, I feel like there's a possession story, um, somewhere that mirrors this, but it was, it was like Santa needs to find like a conduit, but he can only find a conduit through a fake Santa. Yeah. So the, the sassy friend had to go out and find Santa. And she's like, how am I going to find Santa? She's like, I don't know. Just go out and look. So she finds a fake Santa who at a, at a bar, well, the Santa bar. And she like goes up. And I don't know, does she start? I don't think she starts talking to him. But she just sits down to, next to a Santa who's like some Middle Eastern guy. And he's obviously drunk. And he has his beard pulled down. But then the camera cuts away. And when we cut back, it's real Santa. Right. So, yeah. And I... again, speaking of roles people were born to play oh like, yeah that guy, guy that guy probably plays santa and everything I'm yeah sure. i wonder if it really was sort of um i like that rule actually the rule being uh by the way oh by the way santa's name in real life i just looked it up too. <laughs> <laughs> it's paul dick paul dick <laughs> paul dick i'm curious if he's played santa and anything else no oh I'm no this sure. is his only movie oh wow so i Oh my God! What if it's the real Santa? Oh my God! It might be. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul. Oh no! You know what? He has a demo reel on IMDb. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Oh wow! Um, um, I I wonder if this demo reel is just him being Santa, like kind of like a hey, cast me as Santa in something, and the producer at Freeform was like, ah, this guy will work for cheap. All of his pictures are him just dressed as Santa exactly. in like malls, carrying bags around, oh my talking God, to you're little right. kids. Yeah, I bet he's. Uh, I bet he is a professional Santa Claus, uh, and for some reason, the Lego he also has a, a one of. Oh no, that's an advertisement. Never mind. I'm like, and also <laughs> he was in a Lego movie set. No, that's an advertisement. Um, wow. Yeah, everybody should go to IMDb and look up Paul Dick and scroll through his pictures. One of them includes <laughs> him in front of his trailer, and his his trailer. You see what's. Now, like, I guess usually on a trailer, you'd put the actor's name, and his is Real Santa. Oh. And it is taped to the door with green tape. Oh, my God. And I, I guarantee it. that is his own sign and his own tape. Uh, yeah. Good for you, Paul yeah, Dick. Yeah, Paul Dick, I, you're my new hero. 
Yeah, I love this guy. Oh, We're this guy's start a great. Club. There's you know, one, I, of, one of the pictures. Okay, this is the last picture I'll talk about. Okay. But it's him at a mall um, standing next to a giant statue of a penguin. Oh, uh, I saw that one. Holding a selfie stick to take a selfie with the penguin. <laughs> This man for president right now. I, I like to think that, too, you know, they film all these movies in the summer, uh, obviously, yeah. oh, too, because yes. it's never cold when they actually film it. There was the scene, one of the, one of the times when she climbed down the trellis and she's like walking through the snow. It is obviously just cotton. That's yeah. down. like you see the little rug move. Uh, so they film these in the summer. I like to think that this is just Santa in the summer months with not much to do. He's like, well, heck, I'm going to oh, get no, into I'll acting. Do a cameo. I've always, I've always wanted to try this. He got the bug. Santa got the I bug. I like it. That, that is an Paul, excellent theory. And Paul Dick is his stage name. Paul Dick is totally. <laughs> come on. That, that's not anybody's real name. Uh, Saint Nick, Paul Dick. Dick You're yeah. not fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got this. We see, we see you, real Santa Claus. Yeah. All right. You ready for the bonus round? Absolutely. All right. I love bonus rounds. So public domain holiday song. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, I don't know if it's public domain. I mean, they're just, like, not songs. Well, there, there's two parts to this. One is that, like, they're, like, it, I think it opens on this really obnoxious, like, Jingle Bells remix. It's always just, like, trees and candy canes and yeah. snow on the ground. Santa and Claus, what, what, what Santa's over there? Like, it's all of this, it's, like, really crappy fake pop music meant to sound like Christmas standards. I, yeah, that every one of these movies, and I think they've reused them because some of the movie, songs from this movie, I know I've heard mm, in other, yeah, uh, like Hallmark, Lifetime. That makes sense. That there is like this other form of public domain that's like pop song somebody puts out that nobody ever buys, and so the rights expire or something. Well, so because. For podcasts, as a podcaster, you probably know there's – I don't remember the name of the site, but there is, like, you know, license-free music that, like, artists will put right, up. Right. Like, hey, if you want to use this as your yeah, podcast theme, feel free to me, grab yeah. it. And I'm sure that there have to be those repositories for these type of songs, too. They're not yeah. just going to make one and then dump it. Um, no. So I bet they reuse these. It's probably just the same eight, ten songs over and over again. You are probably right about that. Uh, that's the one shame when I watch these movies on cable is that the credits are done so small and they bleed into the next show. So you can never really see a lot of that. Um, oh, right. You know, you, you can't see like the songs being credited when you watch it on TV. But oh, well. well, there was one song in here that I've heard played at like I was at the Gap recently, like shopping ah. and they're playing Christmas songs. And it's like I think it's like Faith Hill or. Uh, who was that lady that like the video was at? She was at a Ferris wheel, and the guy liked her, Rishay and it was Yearwood? like this was like nineties. It's somebody like that. It's yeah, not right. her, but it's somebody crappy like her. Okay. Um, oh, it's uh, Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Okay. I think there was an Amy Grant song in this mm, movie. Interesting. And yeah, because I've heard it outplayed in stores, and it's actually and it's very much like the other crappy songs. But I think it's actually a legitimate person singing it. So I think they might have had one licensed song in this movie. But again, it was probably like from a bank of here's what's available to you. Use them as you please. Yeah, and you and, can't play more than eight seconds on it. Right, right, right. And then we did have a um, open mic acoustic uh, jolly old Saint Nicholas. Oh, was that a real song? A jolly old Saint Nicholas. Ba 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 ba. Oh, I did. I don't. I never heard that. You never Maybe heard Giles? Ah, okay. Yeah, I well, didn't know that was. I, I, I know what song another, I'm finding for the credits on this one. <laughs> and so that guy won the talent show every year with that song. It's Is that a pretty what they're small telling town, us? I guess. Okay, that's you know? fair. I guess so. 
Yeah. And I also, something I really like is, so the whole, like, she can't tell a lie. So when the host of the open mic night says, like, anybody think they can do better? And she's just like, yes. Yeah, and, yeah. And I love that it's, it's A, because it says a lot because, like, oh, no, she can't be lying, so she's going to do better. But it's also, like, the competitive person in me is like, I respect that. Yeah, well, to counter that point as well, in that exact same scene, when she's talking to the brother, they're sharing stories, she is drinking beer through a straw. So Ew, I didn't her. notice that. Ew. <laughs> yes. Yuck. She has a beer, and she's sipping it through a straw. So that's I, she almost lost me as a human being at Oh, my that God. Point. You know, I, I did not see that. That is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yes. Also, what's, what's funny, several things are funny about that. One, I'm just going to give maybe a... Um, excuse for that could have been these movies are made quickly and cheaply and somebody in makeup was like oh don't don't let her drink the beer because she's gonna mess up her lipstick we're gonna have to keep retouching it so maybe it was like oh use a straw because then it won't mess up your lipstick as much but fair but could they have given her a glass and said she was drinking a cocktail Well, that's the other thing that's really funny to me is i mentioned this on a movie on one of the episodes is that these all of these movies have a very specific rule about women drinking in them, which is almost every time if if a character is drinking alcohol, it's like men are drinking beer and the women drink wine. That's true. That is life. And That's so how in life this works. movie, I even noticed it. I'm like, oh, she's drinking a beer now that she is away from the boyfriend and kind of like having to uphold a certain persona. Like now she's just chilling in a bar. Oh, and her drink of choice is a beer. She's more relatable, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't catch the straw. Cause that uh, kind know, of undoes all of that. Right. Well, you know, like also I had a thought when I was watching this movie, I would love to have like crossover just like a moment in like with this character, like for example, this character like suffering through this day and she runs into a character. She was like, Oh God, I can't lie. And the other one's like, I'm in a groundhog day scenario. Christmas, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God. Totally. I would love that. That would be great. Well, our joke about these, especially for Hallmark used to be that because you'd have sets that were clearly reused from movie to movie. Right. That our theory was if you moved the camera a little to the left, you would see them filming a very like another movie for the season. Oh, fa- yeah. Totally. And then some of the extras in the back were like doing double duty where it's like, let's see if this oh this actor this extra has red hair. Keep watching her because we'll we'll notice her if she shows up in another movie as an extra. <laughs> uh, well, they, and it's it's still there. As we've talked about um, before we started recording, my, Eddie and I have been watching a lot of flea market flip lately. <laughs> and like we're really into the making of the show. Like how do they make it? How do they produce it? Like what's the schedule? And we're slowly realizing – I don't know if you've ever watched the show. Have you ever watched I, flea I market have, flip? I have, yes. Yeah. So like they do their one part in Brimfield or Elephant Trunk or wherever, like some flea market upstate. And then they go to the workshop where with all the people that are helping them, especially Alex. Yummy. Um, <laughs> and then they go to like a flea market in the city and they have to sell it. And I'm like, I definitely – out Lara Spencer is coming in like 20 times a season to film this they're filming it on the all same day. day I bet yeah. she's running from like booth to booth talking to all these different people and it was proven recently where there's this adorable old I'm assuming Jewish woman um, and she has her grandkids with her and on one episode she bought two pieces from somebody and then on another episode oh, she came no. by and she was yeah. like oh and she has the same kids with her and she's yep. buying the exact same thing in the same clothes Somebody so wasn't uh, somebody in editing didn't uh, catch yep. that there. Well, or they just love that woman. There was a movie. I'm trying to remember which one it was because it was with Lori Laughlin. Okay, found it. So a movie. I think I covered it last year. It was called Every Christmas Has a Story. Mm-hmm. It was for Hallmark. 
I maintain that this movie was filmed in two days. And here's how I know this. Every, with one exception of a scene, in every single scene, every character's hair is identical. Oh, yeah. Her hair never changes. I mean, it's not... This was also a theory I always had. I realized... I used to always complain, I still do, in in any action movies or on Buffy, like, characters never tie their hair back. And if you're fighting zombies and demons, like, it's easier to do it with a ponytail than with your bangs in your face. But it dawned on me at one point, oh, A, it's easier to cover with a stunt person if the hair... If you can use the hair. And also, it is easier in terms of, like... You know, if you're filming something and then realize, oh, we have to do reshoots, whenever you put your hair back, unless it's in, like, a very specific bun, it's always going to look a little different. Mm-hmm. Whereas if your hair is down and, like, fairly straightforward, like, it can pretty much look the same. Um, but so in this movie, Lori Loughlin, her hair is down the entire time and it's parted a certain way. So it's like, okay, well, that just could be what they do with the character. But there's, like, another character who has, like, braid buns kind of thing. Same in yeah. every scene, except for one. Um, and it really, like, the more I looked at it, I'm like, clearly this scene was shot separately. But every other take, I think, was done over the course of 12 hours. Like, I think they have gotten so good at this good at this that they can do it in one take. Um, so it's just, that's something that I always do notice on these. And on this one, like, it was probably just filmed pretty quickly. Well, and if you're uh, – so you did you listen to the Good Place podcast this week? Not yet. Okay, so there, you saw the episode, though, oh, right? Oh, yes, it was such a good one. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So, you know, they were talking on the podcast about the technical aspects of this and how a lot of times they were able to um, – uh, she could film all the scenes for like Cheaty Janet um, in one bit, but then sometimes they would have the camera there and it's difficult to move a camera when it was two characters together. Mm. It was easier for her to change clothes. So she would have to like, you know, do, do Cheaty Janet's clothes and then have to go change clothes and come back and do Cheaty Eleanor's clothes, um, et, et cetera. So, some, so what, what I got from that is that it's, it's really difficult to like relight and move a camera and restage something. Sometimes it's mm. just easier to move actors. The actor, so yeah. I bet to, to your theory, that they're filming all these at the same time I bet they just have like a big circle and it's like a lazy Susan the camera yeah. stays in place and they just move the entire yep. set yep. all the actors I believe are there it. it's just like a tableau uh, in a round there's like 12 of them yeah. for Christmas and then like as soon as this actress gets tired they then shuffle her out and bring in the actress who's doing the next movie in the same set yep that's yeah. probably it too yeah. and there's like one of the set. One of the sections is like the fancy house, and the other section is a toy store, and the other section mm-hmm. is like everything yeah. they need for these movies, and the sassy friend's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all just there. on a big circle. I, we got this. Oh, totally. Uh, all right, so a few more bonuses. Product placement, nothing that I caught overtly. Poppy dots. Poppy the dots, toy if of it was a real century. thing, then totally. Uh, cloying child is the next one. Not really. That, that's the thing. There's, a chi- There's actually two kids in this movie. Um, yeah. So you have, we'll talk about Megan, I think it was Megan, was the niece. And I love that, like, you think, oh, no, this kid, like, we're going to have a kid. What are they going to do with it? But they don't. Like, they have her in, like, one scene, and she's kind of an asshole. And it's kind of she, great. And she, she's just stuffing her face the whole time. Yeah, like, it's it's fun because they really do treat this kid as, like, the kind of obnoxious part of a holiday if you have to go somewhere and there's a kid you don't like there. Um that never happens to me. I have wonderful nieces and nephews, and I love them all. <laughs> uh, the other kid we get, it actually has, I forgot, I did write this down, has, like, the best sassy line of the movie, which is earlier in the film when Jillian goes to buy the poppy dot and has to kind of fight it out with this little girl. 
And the little girl is also just bitchy and sassy and is not taking it from this woman. Right. And then, and what is, do you remember, like, did you catch this very clever line? What was line? the line? Uh, because, no. so Jillian's like trying to really make a case for why she should have the poppy dot. And the little girl says, maybe you should pull an Elsa from Frozen and let oh, it go. Let it go. <laughs> it was, was just like, good. woo, you go, girl. I liked it. My, Do you want to hear my favorite line of the entire movie? I do. <laughs> so, when um, uh, she's trying to explain to George what's going on and then why she's acting the way she is. And she says, it's the curse. And then George says, you're blaming this on your period? <laughs> And also another reason how we know this is free form and not uh, Hallmark. Because Hallmark would never oh, have right. a period joke in their movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little blue. Hallmark for is Hallmark. much more conservative. Um, so it is another thing on this one where, like, they could have more fun. They could be a little cheeky. Like, it's still TVPG, but it's not TVG, you know? So it just makes yeah. it a little more fun. Like, characters absolutely drink a lot of alcohol in this movie. Yeah, and, and even the, the brother-in-law, like, starting to swear. Oh, yeah. He didn't actually swear, but, like, there was the implication. I yep. loved that. Uh-huh. Totally. Um, and then we have Canadianisms. I don't know where this was filmed, but I don't think it was Canada. Uh, really? I got a Canada you vibe did? from yeah. it. Uh, especially the little small town that they went, that they went to when they were in mm. the bar. That area, the street that they were on, that looked like... Oh, oh you were totally so right. To Ot- film, filming locations, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Okay, there yep, we go. Y- you win. You're right. I just didn't... I, I, You know, I was just taken by the movie. I, I let my, my guard down, if you will. <laughs> we're so in New York right now. Oh. <laughs> it, we, I, tell me all about it. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, let's see. Ice skating? No. I don't think there was any ice skating. No. Uh, no characters had Christmas names, right? No, not that I can remember. Uh, no, other than no I don't Santa think Claus. so. And uh, so Christmas tree lighting, no. But I've actually decided I've added um, – this is every year I kind of amend my list a little bit. And earlier in the year I added Christmas Christmas tree lighting to the bonus round. I'm going to add another bonus round, which is karaoke. Because these so many oh. movies this year have had karaoke. And so here oh, yeah. you have open mic night, which is kind of like – I'm counting that as karaoke. Okay, I'll allow it. I mean, also there was the house lighting, kind of, where the brother true. was you know, stringing up the house yes, lights, and then true. later we saw it all decorated, which was tacky as shit. It was. Such a, and that was another thing I really family. liked. That, um, because that was, like, the brother who's kind of, like, the one that, like, really has a Christmas spirit type thing. And earlier, Jillian's kind of, you know, also with her boyfriend of, like, oh, no, this is nice. And then later, the brother, once he knows she can't lie, and he says to her, like, oh, admit it, you like the way it's decorated. And, and like, and the way she delivers this line, again, is just so good when she just threw clenched teeth and was, she storms away. She says, I love it! And, and storms yeah. out. <laughs> and it was, like, it was, it was genuinely a funny line delivery. So. Yeah, you know, I think I I related to that part. Um, we actually had a conversation about it last night. Like, you know, the, the the New Yorkism in you, like when you first move to New York and you feel like you have to hate things and you have to like, oh, that's tacky. That's so not New York. Or, oh, I've that's never so been that Midwest. person. I love tacky. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really love tacky stuff. And yeah. I and like I for the longest time I pretended I didn't. And it was really liberating when I was like, you know what? Fuck New York. I just want to like have dumb snow globes in my garden and like i want to have like you know bad like whirly gigs that the the it's a wooden sign that looks like an old lady bending over in her bloomers that's <gasps> hilarious it. yes it and is i want it one is. in my yard um have yeah. i i know i haven't well i know so my christmas tree saga this year 
So um, I love, I mean, I love tacky. I think everybody knows that about me. Um, yes. And so naturally, when it comes to Christmas decorating, I want it. I'm looking, today I hung up stockings. And um, Brannon's stocking, which I made a couple years ago, is uh, I had gotten him one that is purple sequins. Yeah, it is. And so for my tree, I used to have this fake gold tree. And even that had a story behind it because when I went to buy it, it was this dollar store um, that had this pink, like, shiny tree in their window. And I wanted that one. And the guy wouldn't sell it to me. He's like, oh, no, it's the last one left. We're not selling it. I'm like, well, then why, what, what are you doing with it? Why are you luring people in only to deny them that? So then I bought a gold one instead, and that kind of got damaged. So then this year, I was like, ah, I haven't had a tree in a while because we're not home for Christmas. But right. I finally – so every day, I get off the bus at work, and there is this really, really trashy dollar store in, in the South Bronx. And every day, I look at their window, and I see this tree, and my heart would beat for it. And it was also gold, only it had – um flashing lights and it was like kind of like those fake pine needle lights on it Ooh, it was nice. so awful and i wanted it and I've, i i wasn't gonna buy it because i you know, i'm not home for christmas and the other thing too was like it's not really on my way because if the bus is i, like, I need to get the bus so i don't want to have to go in and buy this tree and then i miss my bus then i have to wait another 10 minutes but last night i go <sighs> to i well i'm looking at the bus time app to see when my bus is coming and it was like 12 minutes away I'm like, 12 minutes. I can go buy a tree in 12 minutes. Yeah. So I walk in. I'm all excited. I'm like, that's the one. So I'm looking for it on the ground because, you know, you have the boxes all in trees with a picture on it, and I don't see it. So then I have to go ask an employee, um, where's this one? And he looks. He's like, oh, you didn't see it on the ground? I'm like, no, 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 there's nothing here. He's like, okay, that's the last one. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, I can sell it to you. Um, 55 bucks. I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, you are you just made that number up. And right. at this point, I'm too angry about it. So I'm like, no. And I come home, and then I spent like an hour and a half on Amazon trying to find the perfect fake tree for myself. And I did, <laughs> and it's going to get here on Tuesday, and it's purple and shiny. And that is my tree saga for the year. <gasps> it's a Christmas miracle. Christmas. Well, we'll find out when Somehow. it arrives. Yeah. What if it arrives, and it's not as tacky as I like it to be? But tacky is amazing. That's the point yeah, of the story. That's the point no of Christmas. Tacky. Come on. Right? Don't be afraid of it. Seriously. Own the tacky. Yeah. That was something I never understood on the Charlie Brown Christmas was like, oh, no, love this little sad tree. But I'm like, no, those pink, those like pink and purple shiny ones are fantastic. Yeah. That's all I want out of Christmas. Yeah. All I want for Christmas is you and a pink and shiny Christmas tinsel tree. Exactly. With the, like, most inappropriate ornaments on top of it. So <laughs> yep. 100%. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I had, for years, I had a, when I when I started working in the South Bronx, my mother had gotten me, she used to work at Totes, if anybody's been to Totes, like, it's one of those stores that has all those, like, little things that you don't really need, but sometimes you're like, oh, wow, I have use for this. And she had got me this thing that's called a bra pocket. The idea is that it would go inside of your bra and it would be like to hold your money and valuables so that (laughs) if somebody robbed your purse, like you'd be safe because your Metro card was in your bra pocket. Uh, I never used the bra pocket, but I did use the bra pocket prominently as like a decoration for years. And I had that as a ornament on my tree. for. Oh my God. I love that. Tells you a little bit about my tree. Once I have it all set up, I'll put a picture on Facebook so everybody sees it. Good. Yes. Um, so that was really everything. So, I mean, by the point system, this movie is what, like, um, 117 points, I think, something like that. Oh, I didn't, I don't remember you ever doing a point system. I don't do you a point add system. These up? I know, oh, okay. I really, I used to. And then I'm like, my numbers make no sense. So I just, I still have to go through the list and count stuff, but I don't actually count it and add it up. 
I've given up on that. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, I figured if, you'd be if happy. If we're about going that. by your feminine critique, like quality of life and quality of like I'd say the like for in comparison to a lot of other movies, I'd say quality of life was like about a seven for me. Sure. It was better than average. Uh, for these movies, and then like quality of film, I'd give it about the same, like between a, a seven and an eight, for okay. in relation to these movies. That's the thing. If you do this on a curve, or you're judging it as a pool of Christmas movies, um, this one is, in terms of like filmmaking, it doesn't quite look as good. Like I just watched a Christmas Prince, which looked really nice because it was filmed yeah. in Romania and all that. But in terms of like the the dialogue and the you know the character interactions and all that like this was had so much more life to it than most of the movies i've been watching where this yeah. movie had its own personality and whether it was a decent script with the right director and in the hands of i think really talented comedic actors this ended up really working for me yeah, it's kind of like when your stodgy old professor would make a joke. It's not a great joke, but you didn't expect anything. Exactly. So, so like, when you get it, you're like, oh, that that was actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 So I was very happy. I was happy with my choice. I am so glad we ended up doing this one together, too. Me, too. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. So the lesson is um, don't lie or lie a lot and then buy something near a Santa Claus because he's going to teach you a lesson that's going to change the trajectory of your life. So you're happier, right? I, you know, we've been talking about The Good Place a lot, which I do mm. a lot lately. And, like, you're, they, that show always talks about the point system and, like, you know, how you right. earn points your entire life to go to the good or the bad place. I love that these movies are never, like, it's never very quantitative. Like, this, like uh, this, you just have one Christmas where it kind of undoes everything that you bad that you've ever done in your entire life when somebody, sure. like, learns a lesson like this. You can just be a dick for years and years, but then you're going to have one Christmas where it just undoes everything. So just be a dick, and then one day things will work out. It's That's a very Catholic way of living, too. Like, you do whatever. As long as on your deathbed you, uh, you know, you uh, accept Jesus Repent. back, and then you're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah last-minute deathbed repentance. Exactly. That's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going for. I mean, that's really the right way to do it. Right? It's a way to have yep. the most fun. So. Exactly. Well, I really, I hope our listeners have learned a lot from this episode. Uh, if anybody wants to find you, Jason, where do they go? Oh, just follow me on Twitter. That's really all I do. It's Fozzie Bear, F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. And it's not Fonzie like my coworker consistently calls me. <laughs> it is Fozzie. Oh, I know we're cool you... enough to be Fonzie. No, I like the idea of there being like a Fonzie Bear who is your sort of doppelganger, but... Um, like has a mustache and, and a leather jacket. Oh yeah. Like something just slightly off about him and you can start framing him for things. You can start being evil and putting it on him. And then like, you don't even have to do a deathbed confession at that point. Cause it's all, oh, that's, you know, Oh, that's right. Split down the middle. He gets all the yeah. bad stuff. Yeah, I yeah. do all the good stuff, but we meet in the middle. Also like that Buffy episode where Xander gets split. Exactly. It, it all comes, comes back, back to Buffy. It always comes back. All right, everybody. Uh, I think that's everything we have to say about this one. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, that's that's that. Now, here is some version of Jolly Old St. Nicholas that I found on YouTube. Jolly Old St. Nicholas, lean your ear this way. 
Don't you tell a single soul what I'm going to say. Christmas Eve is coming soon. Now you dear old man, whisper what you'll bring to me. Tell me if you can. When the clock is striking twelve, when I'm fast asleep, down the chimney broad and black, with your patch you'll creep. All the stockings you will find hanging in a row. Mine will be the shortest one, you'll be sure to know. Johnny wants a pair of skates, Susie wants a sleigh. Nelly wants a picture book, yellow, blue and red. Yes, now I think I'll leave to you what to give the rest. Choose for me, dear Santa Claus, you will know the best. Eh? Johnny wants a pair of skates, Susie wants a sled, yes. Nelly wants a picture book, yellow, blue and red, yes. Now I think I'll leave to you what to give the rest. Choose for me, dear Santa Claus, you will know the best. Oh, yes, you will.